We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Blue Lion. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Looking with the runway! Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're on the Blue Wire Network. We're brought to you by Sarah One CBD NFL Sunday Ticket. We're brought to you by Bet Online. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm here as always with Jason Pat. We got a special guest. It's your friendly Bulls blogger, the guy who's been running Bloggable for uh, what, like 13, 14 years at this point? No, it's. I think it's more like 16 now. <laughs> awesome. Damn. Well, oh, I, 17. So July 2003. So yeah, wow. 17 years. Well, I would say that like the two people who really shaped my mindset on the Bulls would be Matt and Kelly Dwyer. So thank you for still running the site. Thank you for running it for so many years. And uh, I think that you know your your takes are as hot as ever. And personally, I love it. And we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, later. But just to start off, I wanted to ask you like. The Bulls were such a weird franchise, even before Jim Boylan entered our orbit. I mean, the Bulls had, like, a million things that were, like, deeply screwed up about the franchise. I kind of feel like this whole Boylan thing is the weirdest thing the Bulls have ever done in the last, you know, 10, 20 years, or at least since the dynasty ended. What just, like, a bizarre situation it was with Jim Boylan. Thank God. Yeah, I, well, I think, you're, I think you're right because the proof's in the pudding. This is what got... John Paxson, not fired, but reassigned. This is what got Gar Foreman fired. Like, this was so bad that it, and maybe it was not so much like the degree of it, or maybe it was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. But I think Boylan was 
not only especially bad, but that they doubled down on it with the extension in the offseason, that just brought it to a whole other level. And then I think we went into the last year, I think I was on the podcast last last year, and we said there was some optimism around the team. They made some, like, actually, <laughs> like sensible moves, uh, like rounding out the roster. And, you know, there was some stuff about Boylan, you know, getting to know the guys. and all, Like, he had a training camp. Like, that stuff I didn't quite buy as much. But I did think, you know, this all – I think I said at the time that all Boylan had to do was not be – like the worst coach in the league. He could be like a like an average to below average coach, and they would look pretty good and improved. But the problem was he was the worst coach in the league. He was so terrible that they started out, like fell flat on their face right away. All the weirdness with Boylan's like extra uh, curriculars and the media and stuff, like that becomes more pronounced when you're losing. And then it just got to, to, to a point where they were so bad that they not only had to fire him, but they had to bring someone in to fire him. And I really sort of buy the fact that, like, Paxson was the driving force behind these changes because uh, Michael Reinsdorf had quotes during the middle of the season that, like, he sort of expected everything to be status quo going into next year. Like, he seemed pleased with Garpax every time Michael Reinsdorf spoke to the media. So that lets you know, first of all, that Michael Reinsdorf is totally incompetent. Second of all, I think that the fans, the fan response to this last season honestly is what forced the change. And I think that it starts with the attendance. That's probably the biggest thing. All star weekend. Then, you know, just the media hammering Boylan, hammering Paxson yeah. constantly. I think we get a little credit for that. The mainstream media does it too. Paxson called his interviews on the score interrogations. He could, you could tell he was feeling the heat, right? And after I wrote my big fire John Paxson thing, I think it was in December of 18, someone asked him about it the next day, and he's like, well, if we don't turn it around, maybe the fans will get their wish. So I think Paxson and Foreman and everyone, probably Boylan too, all would have been back next year if Paxson didn't feel so much heat and be like, yeah, this is ridiculous. I think I need to be the one who's going to like step aside because I don't know if Michael Reinsdorf was ever going to apply that level of accountability on Paxson and the entire organization. And let's be frank, that's still shitty because Michael Reinsdorf is probably going to be the owner for like decades at this point. Yes, until Joey's ready to take over, and we yeah. don't know. We don't know Joey's philosophy yet, but Michael has proven to only be like a complete, like a, a fail son, like guy who just wandered in here and took his dad's business and doesn't really know what to do and what's going on. If you remember when he was first like being brought, like pushed out to the media more in the past year, he he even said stuff like he he literally was confused why things why why fans were upset. Right. Like he would say, "Why are they called gar packs? Why do people think they don't do a good job? I think they they're doing a great job." Basically, like, he was just getting lied to by people to keep their jobs, and that included Jim Boylan. Jim Boylan conned his way into this job. He conned Michael Reisdorf by basically working cheap and doing extra work, and then he conned John Paxson by getting into this whole, like, spirit and love of basketball toughness thing. That, that, that That's a John Paxson philosophy. When, when um, Hoiberg was fired and Boylan was brought in, it wasn't Jim Boylan who said the spirit and toughness thing. It was Paxson who said it first. And then Boylan just says, okay, well, that's what boss wants. That's what I'm going to say every time. And he just went into it and got not only had a horrible start to his tenure into a horrible rest of that season, he somehow got an extension, which, I mean, at the time it was just like we were all, I mean, yeah, it was assumed like, yeah, he would get a raise by being a head coach, but why give him extra years on his contract? The thought at the time was, well, it wasn't a lot of money, so it didn't really matter if we if they wanted to fire him. But then we saw this year that maybe – Maybe that was part of it, um, that that's why they were potentially going to keep him out, was because of that even uh, meager money for a head coach. It still matters when it comes to the Bulls. 
Yeah, absolutely does. Um, so I was looking at this firing, and I, you, the column that you wrote, Ricky talking about the hot ticks, the column you wrote basically earlier this week, which we're going to, I guess, going to give you some credit here for spurring uh, the Bulls into action for finally, yeah, for finally firing Jabul. And you basically wrote uh, a column that your your tweet, your headline was long, but the tweet was basically fire Arturis Karnishovis, which I'm going to, one one point here, I've been say, call, saying his name, Arturis Karnishovis, for like, since he was hired, because I looked up some videos, I thought that's what it was. I had a Twitter follower tell me today that it's Carnishivus, and I went back and looked at some other YouTube videos, and I believe that's how Michael Reinsdorf called him, and that's what uh, Casey Johnson did, like, a one-on-one with him a while ago. That's what he called him. So I guess now I'm going to call him Arturis Carnishivus and make sure that that's right. I don't even know if that's actually right, but I'm going I'm to roll with it for now. So you basically said fire AK, and it, it was just a hot, hot fire take. <laughs> a lot of people were very mad about it. I can't say that I totally agreed with it because I didn't want to go that far, like, because I've heard good – I mean, I mean, I guess you always hear good stuff about guys who just get hired. I know you like to make a point of that, like, like no other – no guys ever are, like, poorly rec- – or, like, regarded around the league. But I wanted to give him a chance, and, like, I, I – while I had been losing patience about this pole boiling thing, like, I wasn't going to go with the full, like, the full nuclear that you went. So let's talk about, I guess, your mindset with, with writing that column. Why did you do it? Why did you have that take that, like – Karnishevis was just doing a terrible job and that he was just another, like, Bulls lackey. Now that he, I guess now that he's not, hopefully, but the fact yeah, that he actually I, I mean, we can, yeah. right, we can go into now he's, how he's, how he's redeemed himself now. But at the time, as, as recently as a few days ago, before this Boylan firing, it was, it wasn't even so much like I wanted Karnishevis fired because obviously the practicality of that didn't make sense because they would have just hired someone like him. Right. It was more <laughs> like, why is he here if he's not going to do this? What was the point of hiring Karnishevis if, he's doing exactly what John Paxson would have done, which is keep the status quo, keep boiling, do this completely unnecessary evaluation period that never made sense. It still doesn't make sense now. I don't care what, like he said at this press conference saying that, you know, it was because it was uh, technically the end, the morning of the last day of the regular season. Like that doesn't hold water at all. And like to the beat writer's credit, like they tried to follow up on that. And he has been very like curt and like not, not committal and saying anything so far. We'll see if that continues through the offseason, but so far he's been very, like, close to the vest and not answering many questions, which, you know, that's fine as long as he's doing, like, the right things. But up until then, he was he was saying nothing. He went, like, radio silence for nine weeks, and he was he was doing nothing, too. He came in, fired Gar Foreman, great, and um, did a couple minor moves in the, the personnel side. So they, they got a couple executives. They let a couple go due to lack of uh, – contract extensions so but then like Boylan was still out there and it made no sense for why Boylan was still here it was was one of two options either he really felt like he was either Karnishmas was telling the truth and saying he needed to evaluate Boylan in person with practices which if that's the case then you hired the wrong guy so that's why he should have been fired because if he can't evaluate Boylan like based off of Twitter he can he you know that's enough right there just watch the game tape find out what happened with, with this Bulls team. Or it was because ownership was telling him, you know, let's give let's give Boylan a chance, which then implies that he's more like a stooge who doesn't have full autonomy, even though we've been told repeatedly, repeatedly uh, by by reporters and by clinicians himself that he has full autonomy. Well, if you have full autonomy, you would want to fire Boylan immediately. Any delay in that is not autonomy. That means you're doing what ownership is suggesting. So that's why I was just I was just getting tired of it because it had been it wasn't even like a firm timeline from my perspective, but I just I looked up and it was like you know 
okay, the first couple of months he's not in Chicago. That makes some sense. I don't think – I think he could have fired Boylan over Zoom just fine. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, like say, okay, say he has to get in the building and and talk to him, like just a perfunctory, like I want to get to know you before I let you go. I mean, it doesn't really make sense to me. I don't understand how that is a that treats him better. I don't see how the coaches association like cares if Boylan was giving like this, like totally like perfunctory fake evaluation. But okay, but why do you need nine weeks and nine and nine weeks waiting for organized activities? So I think that was part of it too. Is that he. Carter Schiff has never really um, literally said I need to see him in practice, but he, he kind of said, implied that, yes, he needed to see Boylan in action, you know, in some kind of organized setting to to fully evaluate him, which, again, that's ridiculous. Um, from, what are you going to learn? Uh, yeah, yeah, what are you going to learn? And you're not going to have that opportunity for anyone you hire in the future. So it's not like you're going to, like, look at a, a candidate and be like, okay, I'm going to bring him in for a few weeks to – have him work out with the fellows and run a practice and then I'll decide. So why does Boylan get afforded this luxury? So that's why it was just like either he doesn't know what he's doing and actually thinks Boylan is worth keeping around or he, he knows it and, but ownership told him not to, and he's going along with it. So at, at the point of like nine weeks of him not saying anything either to, to anybody fans or the media about this, I was just like, what, what is the point of having him here? So I just kind of, I just kind of broke. <laughs> What would you say you do here, basically? Yeah, because like, yeah, I mean, I understood the patience as well, and like, I said, we, we I mean, we've been ranting on this for, on this fucking podcast for forever now. It's, it just got to a point where it's like, what, why? Does I, there was like the second bubble talk, and like, but like you said, like, what are you gonna learn from Jim Boyle and like coaching like Adam Makoka in a second bubble? Like nothing, absolutely not. Like you talk to the players that were that reporting from, I think. Cowley, our guy Cowley, like like months ago about how the players like hate, fucking hate him. Like that was a long time ago. Like so, it, was, it definitely was just very strange that it took so long. I mean, maybe they literally were just waiting till the end of the season. But I, I think part of it might have been the ownership thing, like because I think it was reported like ownership and like John Paxson, they love Jim Boylan, and they they told Karnischevis that you know just give him that evaluation, and I guess. He like just really took that to heart. I guess is like the kindest way you could put it. Yeah. Maybe, and that's but. a bad. And that's honestly that's a bad sign. So hopefully it's just the case with for whatever reason Boylan had this spell over them. I mean we have to be kind of wary of like Bulls coaching hiring practices. Even when they've usually they don't do a search at all. But even when they've done a search, it's gone on like way too long. And there's lots of weird stuff going on. Like when Mike D'Antoni was going to be hired, and then Doug Collins after that, and then ownership stepped in and kind of. Uh, like prevented it like at the five yard line from happening. It's like lots of weird stuff can happen. So we'll have to see like, and part of it is, so we've seen how Karnischev has treated this boiling firing. It does kind of inform like, okay, maybe there's going to be some weirdness with the new hire. Hopefully not, but I definitely don't think it's the case where I've read, okay, we have to take Karnischev at his word. So now the, now the process, he said the process started now, the process is starting now and it's going to be a, deliberate like patient process like what this was like this process for boiling was not it didn't make sense at all and he lied about it so let's see what he does with this coaching search i'm not i'm not automatically assuming he's gonna do it the right way because we haven't seen him do it the right way and he hasn't been a lead executive and the bulls historically have done these really poorly uh i gotta say that like i don't really still hold it against him though now that Boylan's fired it's like good he made the obvious move super easy first test to pass it took way too long but I don't really think the Bulls lost too much by waiting although I do think all the criticism was fair leading up to it 
So I do have some faith for him to run a decent, uh, a decent coaching search now. But just to go back to your story, like, people got really mad at you, Matt, and I always think that that's a sign that you're doing something right because you were just telling hard truths there and you were doing it in, like, kind of a way that was uh, bombastic and a little bit over the top. But, like, yeah, it, like, if Karnaschovas – if Karnishevist, I'm sorry, can't fire Boylan, then what is he doing there? And really, like, instead of getting fired, he should have just quit, right? Like, if you're in Karnishevist's position and you're telling ownership, I want to fire Jim Boylan, they won't let you. I mean, honestly, I think that would be grounds for him to quit. So I love the take. It's good when people get mad at you. I think part of what made this so frustrating was, like, the reporting around keeping Boylan was just so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like, the one Casey Johnson article where he's like, well, if he uh, fires Boylan, then the clock starts on him. It's like, what? The clock's already started. You hired him to fix this train wreck. So, like, that should be the first thing you should do because you want him to fix the train wreck. Uh, and my point here is that I think that one of the biggest things that Karnishevis is going to have to do in this role, Matt, is advocate for himself. Because, you know, there actually is a new voice and a new face of the franchise uh, for the first time since Michael Reinsdorf's been with the franchise, basically. So I think he needs to get in Michael Reinsdorf's face and advocate for the things that he wants. And if that's, you know, offering a big contract to an established head coach or, like, hiring more player development people or more scouts, more salary cap people, more front office guys, more analytics people, I think Karnishevis's biggest task in this role is just getting in Michael Reinsdorf's face and changing his mind when he... Uh, you know, is hesitant to invest more in the franchise. Yeah, and that's still something. So the Boylan thing's been taken care of, and yes, agreed. Like, this is fantastic, unequivocally fantastic news that it got done. Uh, I don't hold it too much against them that it was a weird process. But, you know, we still haven't seen more front office additions. They were promised, like, a larger development staff, and all they've done is lose guys off. They lost Sean Respert off the development staff. He was their one person a part of player development and he's gone and they haven't replaced him. So you have to think of part of that might be because of ownership meddling and saying like, we're not going to be like outlaying these contracts to people before we know, I don't know what they're waiting for. Like, you know, what the, what next season is going to be like basically. So, I mean, that's still something that that's another thing, not just like just beyond Boylan, which was such the thing with Boylan is it was such an obvious move that it wasn't like, it wasn't like Kardashian came in for a, a middling team that had was kind of disappointing and they had a, established coach who wasn't very good. Boylan was like clear cut the worst coach in the league. He was mocked by everyone, including his own players. So like if that, that was part of it. It was like, if this, if this can't get done, like what are we, what, what is he even doing here? But adding to the development staff, like that's still something that he hasn't done that we're still waiting on. So it'll be interesting to see, especially like we're heading into draft prep and he has like holdovers from like Iowa state and John Paxson's brother in the room with them. Like that's kind of, not that's not a good sign either. And I think, you know, you brought the point about the media reporting around him. And I think that did inform a lot of my like anger towards this was that at, at a point in the beginning, we were kind of, because Boylan wasn't fired. So we were trying to rationalize like why, and there was a vacuum of information where Karnishvist wasn't talking about it. So we were all just kind of trying to figure out well, what could the possible reasons be. And then of course it came into, Oh, maybe it's uh, ownership meddling. And then KC was actually the one who was saying like, no, let's take, Karnishevis at his word, he's going to be deliberate and have to evaluate Boylan in person. And I and I thought, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe we should take Karnishevis at his word and his word in the case he doesn't know what he's doing. Because that's what that's what all he was saying was stuff that was saying like I don't know what I'm doing. If it if it was the case where he was just placating ownership, you know, at least that's a bad answer too. But at least 
it doesn't mean he's an idiot. So that's what I was trying to like get to is like, okay, if we're supposed to take Carnivorous at his word, like this isn't going well. Like what do we what do we think like empowering like that was what right. something Casey would always talk about what was empowering Jim Boylan like what did that mean like obviously like you talk about like draft prep because that's the lottery's coming up like like was he like I, what was he doing like was he just like was having Jim like do like a ton of stuff that he was gonna like listen to or was like was he just basically like faking it this entire time like I I would love to know what empowering Jim Boylan yeah, is last and I, two and three I still want to know and I still want to know and he and I'm sure he wouldn't answer if he was asked this but like if there was going to be this like loser bubble was Jim Boylan going to coach that. So, because if that's the case, to me, that's like that's like a fireball offense. Like, Jim Boland should have been nowhere near the team. The, the season was over. The, any, like, loser bubble would have been a glorified training camp, like the prep for next season. There was no reason to have right. Jim Boylan lead this thing. So, I mean, timing-wise, like, maybe they found out that, okay, this, this like, backup loser bubble isn't happening. That hasn't been official yet, but maybe they are, like, starting to figure it out that maybe that's not happening, so then they could just let him go. But, honestly, if they were going to have him lead that, Oh man, that's really bad. And they got they got kind of lucky with the in that they didn't lose anything in this timeline because there was a coaching search that happened. Yeah, the Knicks, Knicks did a coaching yeah. search. They hired Tom Thibodeau. Luckily, by some fortune, maybe they knew all along. But Thibodeau was like the one guy they weren't gonna hire. Obviously. Right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, it was still like candidates were like Chris Summing was interviewed. Like some guy in your own staff is being interviewed. And, like some of the guys that they're targeting or have already been talked to by the Knicks. So that's not like good. So there was like some kind of timeline on this. Now with uh, more jobs opening with uh, the Pelicans hiring uh, Alvin Gentry. So now okay, now it's like okay, they're starting their search. We have to start our search. Um, again, I'm like not believing Carnishers when he says like our search starts now. I'm hoping. You know he has a he has a ledger of people that he's looking through that yeah. he knows what he's looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Before we start talking about some more of that, let's uh, take a quick word from our sponsors. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFL Sunday TV. You can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on all your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and Direct TV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and your favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv. Promo code is BLUEWIRE. Tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging to still be making it through each busy day. Everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore, so everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun Percussive Therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic, but still contain up to 30% filler. And these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the United States, and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine and the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, that's Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. You've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. 
This is not something Theragun is likely to do again. So buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire. That's only until Labor Day. So go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire. Right, we are back. Cash Considerations, Chicago Bulls podcast. We got your friendly Bulls blogger on from bloggable.com. We are talking about the firing of Jim Boylan and Arturis Karnaschivas' pro, uh, process for doing that and all that kind of weirdness and all that. Uh, Matt, was there any other things that kind of that you took away from Karnaschivas' uh, his press conference or looking ahead candidates? We're, we're going to talk about some of these candidates that are on the list. I know some odds just came out. Anything else before we get into these candidates that kind of struck – uh, struck a fancy with you or anything that you think is is a reasonable or a good takeaway from this press conference? Well, I was actually well, I was gonna say I just I just smiled again when you said Jim Boylan got fired. So I was just <laughs> I, I, I remember it's like that's right he got fired and you know they say you don't want to celebrate someone getting fired but I do I celebrate Jim Boylan getting fired. I celebrate <laughs> I all weekend. I loved it. He wasn't even like that nice of a guy and he wasn't he was kind of like me like played the media like they were morons and tried to lie to him all the time and. Constantly like switch his stance on things, so you know, screw him. I mean, I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll. He definitely won't be a head coach ever again. He'll no. probably be an assistant somewhere, maybe. But I mean, like with a lot of these Bulls guys, it's like they're not. We're not going to see him. They're like totally overpromoted. Like Gar Foreman's not. He hasn't. The I Garkit. I haven't heard anything about the Gar. The Gar Foreman market, as I call it, the Garkit, where he is in demand as a scout. That's what Casey Johnson said. He'd be in demand. I haven't heard it, but we'll see. <laughs> well, no, I, anything else? Uh, yeah. I well so. I think part of it is, I mean, we're talking about the media probably too much, like considering like the, the important thing is Boylan's fired and they're looking for a new head coach. But I think it is interesting in that the media, the Bulls, like beat reporters, like clearly they do not have like inroads and sources into this new administration like they did with Carfax. Um, so whatever we got in the past like four months from, from those guys, I mean, it was just proven wrong. And I mean that's something that's something we have to like be wary of like going in the future when we when we start getting like rumors about what the Bulls are looking for or candidates or who's coming in for interviews and where they're leaning like we can't really trust a lot of it because they like Carnitius has played it pretty close and like I guess that's to his credit in some respect uh, but yeah we we learned in this this time with Boylan like they were saying all this stuff about Carnitius needing more time and not wanting to start his clock or. Uh, or potentially like using using yeah equity building equity or like using next season as just like a total like trial period like basically throwing away an entire season like that's Garpax logic so I'm glad that Carnivorous hasn't proven to be that way so far but it is it'll be interesting to see like when we get when we start get reports from the local local beat like how much can we actually trust of what they're getting or if what they're getting is still from Paxson and Reinsdorf who are thinking like like the way the Bulls usually do. So one thing I'm wondering with this next coaching search, not even going so much into the names, but just what are the traits that you want in the next Bulls head coach? Or like, you know, what if the Bulls were to do an actual coaching search, interview a few guys, let's say it doesn't drag out super long. Like, what are some things that you're looking for on the resume that would make you think, all right, this is a good enough hire? Yeah, and this was something that Karnishwas was asked uh, in the Boylan firing, he he punted on that question. He wouldn't even commit to say what kind of coach he wants, which is pretty interesting. I, I wonder how long that'll last, where he just won't say anything. But we'll have to see. Or maybe uh, GM Mark Eversley will start like taking more of a point and like what they're looking for. But what I would be looking for, I mean, I would just hope that price isn't a concern. I know. I mean, we don't want to get a re, we don't want to get like a total retread. It'll be super expensive. But I think 
like potentially like say Mike D'Antoni gets fired, like would that be someone who would be available? I'm not even sure I'd want him, but I would at least want the Bulls to consider him and not write him off as someone who's going to be too expensive. So that's, that's first of all, it's just cast a wide net in terms of like the caliber of coach you're looking for. It doesn't have to be a first-time guy just because that's the way you've always done it and because you have like this young team that needs development. Maybe like a, a recent former player is what's best. I just don't, I just don't believe it should be that way because you're trying to like save money on the, on the coaching side. Um, historically, we know the Bulls have always hired first-timers um, pretty much exclusively, except for like Scott Skiles was someone who had a prior job. But a lot of times they get guys who are they're hungry, they work cheap, and and that's what they, and that's what they want in their in their coaches. So we'll have to see if that's like an organizational philosophy or if Karnishevis feels that way as well. So that's the first thing. I mean, in terms of playing style and personality, I mean, if they want to hold themselves to what they've said, they want it to be a players friendly environment where you know a players coach basically, and that doesn't have to necessarily mean that like Zach Levine's calling the shots or whatever, but just. To, to have it the fact where the guys aren't, like, openly mocking them. so Revolting? Yeah, like a mutiny and then just, like, apathy towards them. So, I mean, I think a lot of what happened with, with Boylan is, like, he, 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 he sounded like an idiot and then he was an idiot. So, and then it, so then it made it to where his performance was so bad, then you start to look deeper at, like, what he's saying and be like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. So that's part of the, that's part of the problem, too, is, like, you, I want someone – who like doesn't sound dumb, but more importantly that they're not actually dumb. So I think a lot of what happened last year was I think the players played hard for the most part actually, um, but I think they saw like how poor Boylan was as a tactician, and that kind of like lowered their faith in the whole operation. So I mean, if someone who's just like prepared and knows what to do, like Tom Thibodeau didn't play in the league, he doesn't have like that cachet as a former player, but he was insanely prepared and he got results. So the fact that Boylan like couldn't get results, then you start looking back at their lack of preparation and just like sounding dumb and saying stupid stuff and just being like a total like blowhard meatball and just and so is it too much to ask to just have a coach who's like competent and not doesn't sound stupid? So if they, so basically like not Mark Jackson because <laughs> he he sounds, he sounds like an idiot and he's a bad coach, so that would be a bad hire. But I just want someone who's just who sounds capable, and then the players will buy in if they actually like prove their worth a little bit. Dude, the Mark Jackson thing is always crazy. Like, literally every time there's a damn like uh, op- whatever coaching search, any team, you see Mark Jackson's like name and mentions, and it's just like, do you people realize like how like just the talk about weird? Like I guess it would fit in with Bulls being weird as hell. Like how the Mark Jackson thing went in Golden State. Like obviously he gets some credit, I guess for developing some of those guys I guess like they were obviously good and there was like a defensive identity but like all the weirdness around him and like all his like religious stuff and like demon there's like stories about demons and like Harrison Barnes and Fest like the weirdest shit so it's like no not like Mark Jackson's not being blackballed the Bulls should not hire him that, I don't know I think it was was it the Bull the goofy Bulls talk Twitter account did like a who should the Bulls hire next and I think like his name was on there I was like was that a troll job like, <laughs> I, think are it, you, I think like, that's part of it to be honest like, I, like, I, and, and, like, sure. and like, yeah, so I, yeah, Mark, so again, it's like, it's both things. Whether you saw, if he, if Mark Jackson, like, was this, like, lunatic, and, but he, like, won games, and, like, that would be, like, more or less okay. I, I want someone who could do both. And, like, even, like, Fred Hoiberg, Fred Hoiberg said the right things, and he seemed like he yeah. knew what he was doing. He just couldn't get the players to do it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's part of it, too, is just make sure, you, make sure you get a guy who players will listen to. I think, 
they listen to someone who's competent and prepared, but you need a little bit more because I think Hoiberg was competent and prepared, but he just couldn't get through to them. Whereas maybe maybe a first-time coach who was like a, a recent player like, like Hoiberg but just has a better, I don't know, a more forceful personality or just something that where he's more relatable to the, the players than playing like 90s comedies on VHS, <laughs> then we can, you know, then, then we're talking about something. Like in terms of like playing style, I mean, that I'm not like too like concerned about. I mean, like obviously Kardashian came in saying what everyone does. It's like, we want to play fast. We want to share the ball. That's like, like what every executive and every coach says, except Jim Boylan. But I think most that's what they want. And that, that'd be great if they get, like if they get a guy who can, you know, have a fast pace, like sharing the ball, uh, great shooting team, like you know that'd be that'd be fantastic. If I don't think they're gonna hire someone who's like a slow it down, defensive minded coach, but um, if they were, like that's an acceptable way to play too. It's just like I just want someone who who's who's competent enough to get the players to buy in. Uh, curious, like how good do you think the Bulls' current core is? Uh, do you think it needs to be like totally torn down? And rebuilt again uh you know do you anticipate there to be like a Zach Levine trade or like a big name move this offseason I'll say me personally I don't especially given how he handled the Boylan situation where you know it was quote-unquote patient evaluation for literally the worst coach in the league a baby knows that so I'm just curious though like what you what are your thoughts on the current state of the quote-unquote core for the Bulls yeah, we're, I'm, like, not a huge fan of, of the core or any, like, current players. No one's untouchable, obviously. And I think Karnischewitz feels that way, too. Uh, we'll have to see. But I do I do think, whereas Boylan didn't deserve any evaluation and it was ridiculous, the group of players, they do. They, they need a – I think they need some time under a non-Boylan coach to, like, see what they have. Because I think it would be, worst of all – and where we'd have like the past couple of years where every year at the end of the year, John Paxson would call him and say like, well, we don't know what we have because we can't, they're not, they're not on the floor enough. And like, we're not performing well. It's like, which is like, that's, that's the worst thing that could possibly happen. But I think they do need time out there under just a competent coach, because I think part of it is like, you just have to, you have to have the proper evaluation with, the least amount of like variables. So Boylan was a variable and he basically dra- dragged everyone down with him. We don't know what, how good some of these players are. Now I think, I think some of that could be, could cause them to be overrated in, in a sense to where they're, they're thought of as, you know, they're like these diamonds in the rough because they just haven't been like fully developed and coached when some of it is like just a lack of, of talent overall. I don't think like in terms of like young cores, I think the bulls are actually pretty far down there, but they can't really do anything about that now through like trading and signing guys they have to get their value back up or right, yeah. if not back up get it correctly assessed so at least so they know what they have i mean it would be nice if they had someone who could who, who would have done that already to like okay we know larry markin is not this good so let's when people say like oh larry markin his value can't go any lower oh yes it can if he has another bad year is and he's approaching free agency his value will be low so as they actually thought like Lowry is this type of player, then yeah, but then trade him now. But I think they do deserve a chance to like have a season together or, you know, half a season together before the trade deadline to see what they have in some of these guys. And then kind of, you, you know, make a choice at that point. Either you're going to try and parlay all these guys into a, a frontline player or tear it back down and start getting 
uh, picks and start uh, taking on bad contracts for picks and like rebuild your assets. Basically, I think there. I think the 2021 offseason, while you know we think that's like a joke, like all the all the previous 20xx plans, plan. in, in Bulls history. I mean, there is something to be said about having a team, basically like the Nets. So like they they got Kyrie and, and Kevin Durant because they were like perceived as this up and coming team with a, a good structure. And that's what the Bulls, like, don't have. They are more on the Knicks side where they just have cap space and nothing else. So I think it's one thing to say, okay, we're going to have all this cap space in 2021. But obviously it takes more than that. It takes, like, a whole structure and some young pieces that players will be excited to play with. So they need to get Levine, Markin, and Carter, like, these guys to actually play under a decent coach to see if they're good enough to entice a star to have them play around this star player. And if that doesn't happen, then you got to tear it down and, and then and basically try to get those guys again. Basically, like, okay, we're going to try to try to get assets through the draft again because these guys that we got from the, the Jimmy Butler trade and that rebuild, it didn't work out. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I wrote something at Bloggable about Carter and Markkinen because last year we heard that oh, maybe those two guys were like the untouchables on the roster. And now after just like I don't want to say disaster. I guess Lara's year was a disaster. Wendell I think showed some things, but even like offense, there was no development there. And now it's definitely one of those situations where I feel like you would like to see them with a new coach because we heard Lowry complain about his touches. He made that comment about how Boylan told him to like, well, just get rebounds and then you'll like bring the ball up the court and then you'll get touches that way, which is like absolutely absurd. And then obviously we saw Carter just like was basically reduced to like a garbage man role on offense. Like he really was not used. I know Ricky has mentioned like Bam out of bio as a possible, like just the way that he used him as like whatever, like the fulcrum of that offense from like the post and like using his playmaking skills. Like it would be nice to see a new coach with those guys. So hopefully, like you said, build those, build their value back up. The Zach Levine, like with Zach Levine, like, I mean, obviously we know he did not like Boylan. Uh, I've been waiting to see if he, he actually reacts to anything like I'm I'm not sure how much how much better he can be. Like he obviously he had a, a career year this year. I don't know if he's hit his peak or if, like now would be the time to trade him. But I, I I tend to agree with you that they do probably they should probably get an evaluation. I guess if somebody does put like a great trade offer again, nobody's untouchable. If someone does put a great trade offer on the table for these guys, you might as well take it. It's like what are you losing at this point? This, they've been dog shit for three years now since they traded Jimmy. But yeah, I mean ideally with the new coach. Sure, uh, you, I'd like to see at least like a, some part of the season. Obviously, we have like no idea what the hell next season is going to look like at this point. There's everything still up in the air, so that's just kind of weird. But yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with with in, in that with you guys that I don't expect a big move. But I guess who, who fucking knows? Like, there's just so much uncertainty, I guess, and we really and like, we really don't know what Carnishivus is thinking at this point. Yeah, you just have to position yourself to be ready because every year right, yeah. a star is unhappy or yep, a absolutely. young player is approaching free agency and they want to they want to move on and he's not going to resign or something. And you have to be ready with not only like pieces to potentially trade, but like a structure in place to actually like want that player to go there. So I mean, that's all. That's what they have to do. They have to like have some kind of semblance of a team that's perceived as up and coming, not just them like saying we're up and coming and we're going to challenge for a playoff spot and then totally bail on that like quarter way through the season. I mean, it was such, I mean, they, and they not only have like potentially a competent coach coming in, like an upgrade in that position, but they do have some good like veterans surrounding these guys to like help facilitate growth. And hopefully they'll get a real player development staff and we'll start to see like these players either, either they'll be good and the, the players will want to play for them or they can be traded for 
you know, better players. Speaking of those veterans, I will bring up that Tomas Sedransky, I think is the first guy I've seen comment on the Boylan firing. He's been talking like a decent amount over uh, overseas, and here's his quote. It was, I think that was to be expected, or I expected. We have a new front office which wanted to change a lot of things, so I had the feeling that they would want to change the coach as well. It took quite a long time, but when it happened, it didn't surprise me. This decision is a right step. Our very young team needs someone who has lots of NBA experience and knows how things work. At first, I assumed Chris Fleming would be one of the candidates, but now I think they will want to bring in an experienced coach, which I guess is interesting that he thinks that they're they're going to bring in an experienced coach. But it was also just kind of funny to just read that comment and be like, yeah, like this was the right move. They need to get rid of him. Because he had been kind of like, kind of waffling. And like, he's like, you know, like Boylan does some goofy shit, but, you know, I kind of hope he's back. I, think, I don't know. I think he was just playing it nice. But yeah, and it, it was of, interesting that there yeah. was no – no players gave like a full throated defense. Right. Yeah. No one was out there saying like we got to keep this guy. I love playing for him. Like we get, we're we're on the right path. The only person who was selling that was Jim Boylan himself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because like they they asked Zach and Thad Young I think like a month or two ago and they were like uh, they were very diplomatic about it. Obviously Daniel Gafford basically shit all over him in that like in that video. Uh, Sadaransky said some stuff but wasn't really like full like an endorsement really and we know other guys as well i mentioned the marketing thing carter at like all-star said basically said he didn't like him at first then he kind of did i'm pretty sure he thinks he knows he was a joke so like the whole team just was like they need this is the right move they everyone knows it it took a while but finally it happened i will say one um, thing i agreed with me and jim boylan agreed on one thing and that's that denzel valentine's trash <laughs> so we had that in common and he was right on that um yeah a lot and a lot of the other guys who are more like key members of the team, yeah. If you don't have them bought in, I mean, that's not a good sign. And especially because the Bulls, it's not like the Bulls had like star players who can like right. <laughs> sway this thing. So like the fact that he couldn't get like young, hungry players who are playing for like their next contracts to to defend them, like that was obviously the writing was on the wall there. Yeah, absolutely. I would like to return to this coaching search real quick before we wrap up here. I, I, I teased that they that there, are, there are odds out right now. So I want to get who you would think would be the best like best money here. Just going to read through these real quick. We got Ime Udoka as the favorite at five to two. Adrian Griffin's at three to one. I don't know if that's legit. We like those rumors that are out there, like from his ex-wife, disturbing allegations. Like I don't know if that's going to push the Bulls off. I'm sure they'll hopefully will do their due diligence there. We got Kenny Atkinson at seven to two, Teron Lue at four to one, Van Gundy at six to one. That'd be hilarious. I mean, they're not going to hire Jeff Van Gundy, but J Kid seven to one, West Elmsdale Jr. seven to one, Darvin Ham eight to one, Mark Jackson nine to one, Becky Hammond ten to one, and then we have Scottie Pippen at thirty three to one, MJ at sixty six to one, and Phil Jackson at one hundred to one. Go put some money down on Phil Jackson to be the Bulls coach. So out of these odds, who, what do you think would be like the best the best bet there? Or I guess who do you think? I guess if, in general, also who would you think would be end up getting hired? Yeah, I mean, I think the the guys with the best odds do make the most sense. I mean, but part of it is, again, like we're just trying to – I think the reporters are just trying to glean who Karnishvis has worked with before. Yeah. And, like, so, I mean, but we have no confidence that, that you know, Ime Udoka has been reported, right? But we don't know that these reporters have any insight into what Karnishvis wants in a coach at all. So, I mean, I would think he's good odds for a reason. Uh, but we'll see. I mean – the, like, seeing names like Jason – I swear, like, Jason Kidd's out there just so an executive can, like, float out that they're going to hire Jason Kidd. So then when they don't hire Jason Kidd, they're just like, 
ecstatic, like the fans are ecstatic. Oh, we didn't hire Jason Kidd. Mark Jackson, I feel like it's the same way. Yeah, same way. And I, I think it's kind and of – And Gundy, too, we have, to, we have to say, like, maybe that was part of this Bullen firing timing is that maybe he was – maybe the maybe we should give the beat writers some credit and Karnishvitz was leaking, like, okay, like as a trial balloon. Maybe we're going to keep this guy around. And there was such, such a fan revolt, including a certain influential tastemaker who has a blog getting on them that maybe he's like, okay, I really can't do this. Or he showed uh, Reinsdorf and all the replies to their official Twitter feed. Like, okay, we cannot keep this guy boiling. So I think that's how Jason K would come up in a name just as a way to throw people off and make them happy with whoever they hire. But yeah, I mean like the, some of the names we've heard reported um, assistants, uh, I think it's David Vanderpool. Um, yeah. Steven Dar- Silas is another Steven one. Silas, Darvin Ham. I mean, Prior, like, so in an old regime, what I would do is I would look at their coaching history and find out if they worked for Tim Floyd or if they worked for someone who worked for for Tim Floyd. So if they worked for Larry Eustacey or something. Um, That's what I would normally do. Right now, I don't really know what they're going to do. And I think that's that's kind of exciting in a way that we don't really know, like, what what kind of this is going to look for, that it won't just be this, like, small circle of influence that uh, we'll get in these, like, these, this, this coaching job. Uh, so that's kind of exciting. Absolutely. Ricky, you got anything else here? No, not really. Just, you know, advocate for yourself, Arturis, because if you don't, we will be writing that you should be fired, you know, <laughs> soon, right away. Like, this fan base is very hungry for a winner, and they're very sick of the bullshit. There's been way too much bullshit. So whatever Karnishevis does, I'll say, like, you know, do not bend to Michael Reinsdorf. Make him bend to you. Yes, and he, has to, yeah, he has to realize he has a mandate by that he was hired in the first place. That it's so out, of, it's so extraordinary that the Bulls have someone in charge over, you know, lo- longer than sixteen, however long Paxson was in charge and Gar Foreman was in charge. They they were here for decades. I mean, the fact that someone new was brought in that's like a mandate that you could do what you want because I mean the only reason he was brought in in the first place was due to these extreme, extraordinary circumstances, which was this total disaster of a season where you got mocked at your own hosted all-star game and fans stopped going to like the most, what was like the most popular ticket like in the league for, for years, even when they were bad. So Karnishevis needs to know like, okay, I was hired because this thing is like screwed. This isn't like something I need to study. I need to like keep it from sinking and turn it around. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. Give a shout out to uh, Bloggable here for us and we're yes. gonna go find to you on com. Yes, we're we're on the uh, we were on the fire carnishivis beat. We were the first <laughs> on that. Um, and we will go forward on this this coaching hire and we'll see we'll see what they do. We will not be taking him at his word and we will not trust he knows what he's doing. We I don't trust he knows what he's doing. We'll have to see if he knows what he's doing based on who he hires. So look for that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us again. Pleasure as always. Uh, as always, from us here at Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast, thank you so much for listening. Shout out to Blue Wire. Shout out to all our great sponsors, TheraOne, NFL Sunday Ticket, Bet Online. For us at Cash Considerations, please rate and review us wherever you listen to your pods. Please let us know how we're doing. Give us feedback. What, what do you guys want to hear? You guys know where to find us on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky's at SB underscore Ricky. Also, go check out Ricky's great. Uh, run with the Leathernecks. He's doing that back at SB Nation now. He's, I believe, he's going deep into the in the tournament Sweet right 16, now. Sixteen, so baby. We punched yeah. our ticket tonight. Yes, nice. Yes. So go go follow that great stuff. We got the lottery coming up this week. 
that is Thursday. The Bulls, again, have a seven, are, are in the number seven spot. Maybe we'll actually get lucky this time. I'm just guessing we're, we're going to stay at number seven fucking again, but that is coming up this week. Me and Ricky, I believe we will be talking to you guys. We'll do some quick lottery reaction after that, so that'll be fun. Hopefully, we'll knock out maybe. We'll see who they bring, who the who our lottery guy will be. Maybe they'll bring some good luck. Um, that's all. That's all this week. Thanks again for Matt, your friendly Bulls blogger from Blog Bulls, coming on from Jason, Ricky. This has been Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. Jim Boylan is fired. It's been a great weekend. Take it easy, guys. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action. There's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit BetOnline.ag for all your odds and updated sports news. And remember to use that promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, online wagering experts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.